I am discovering me. Discovering me. My identity was hidden, taken from me, long before my ancestors began hanging from trees. The serpent, he was the real thief, deceiving my sister Eve. He made me forget I was royalty. My father is a king. I am the daughter of the everlasting, loving, omniscient three. He came to give me life. This world wants to take it away. He never intended for it to be this way. Free will, a blessing, and a curse. Say my name. My life matters. God said it first. Discovering me. Redefining my identity. Made fearfully and wonderfully, flaws and all, my destiny was altered when I heard his call. I can't see where I'm going, but I know what I'm leaving behind. My faith is blind, lamps at my feet as I shoulder his load. I feel light, I see life as I walk the Samaritan road. This is Nori, and you're listening to the Discovering Me podcast. Today, I am excited because I have three special guests. I have my husband, Jeffrey Williams, and then I also have Tim and Samantha Blake. So I'll go ahead and let all of them introduce themselves. What's going on, Jeff? Hubby here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm Sam. And I'm Tim. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) all right so today we are going to be talking about love what does it mean how do you keep uh love alive in your marriage and what does that look like in a marriage so my first question for you guys is how long have you been married and how did you meet we have been married 21 years and we were set up on a blind date oh that's so cool (laughs) he's gonna correct he's gonna correct it because i'm not the date person on april April 14th it'll be 21 years oh so she's early she's early i just figure we're in the year so it's 21 years (laughs) that works uh jeffrey and i have been married for five years and we met in college you guys know that story um oh no let's get into the details of that Okay, I'll let you start. Love at first sight. This guy. I was right there with my boy. We were walking on campus. I was like, yo, who that? He didn't know. I was confused because we knew like every black person on campus. And and he was like, I don't know, man. I was like, all right, I got to find out. And I jumped out like four or five times. And then I finally approached her when she was with, you know, common friends and, you know, casually was like, oh, you know, just struck up a conversation. And eventually... I, um, you know, we started talking, hanging out, and um, actually another mutual friend of ours is the person who convinced me to, like, take it to the next level of, like, talking to her, inviting her on her date, so, yeah. And, yeah, the rest was history. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff literally risked it all for you. (laughs) (laughs) He risked it all for you. (laughs) In any case, uh, well, Sam, Sam said our story, the blind date. And we were set up, we work, we're, you know, we both work for our church and she was in Boston and I was in LA and a guy who was in the church in LA uh, met her and said, oh, I know somebody. And then when he came back to LA, he's like, oh, he, he said, hey, I met this girl in Boston. Would you be willing to take her on a date? Now, I did not know him. And since it is Black History Month, we'll just put that part out there. Uh, 
he he was white and he saw a young single black woman in the in the ministry and he saw a young single black man in ministry he go they got to work oh, no. he wasn't wrong <laughs> <laughs> And so I did not listen. I was like, whatever. Uh, I, on the outside, I was like, oh, sure. But on the inside, I was like, whatever. And then a couple months later, uh, some skin folk came through and told me about her. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I called two months later, or two weeks later, rather. We talked on the phone for a month. This is 2000. So this is May 2000. There's no, uh, no Facebook. Facebook. There's no social media. And so we're just emailing and talking. And that's how I started liking her. Uh, actually, she forgot a part of the story in our first conversation. Well, I was going to share it when he was over. But uh, the first time, the very first time he called me and we spoke, I was sitting down in a Shaw's parking lot in Rocks, in, was it Rocks? Where was I? I was near UMass Boston. I was sitting in a Shaw's supermarket. My friend went in the supermarket because I got the phone call. When she came out, she goes, oh, so what did you think? And I said, I'm going to marry that guy. Aww. That was our very, that's the very first time we ever spoke. I just knew from that conversation that I was going to marry him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. So, that. so, so, so she uh, flew out to LA a month later. Yeah, a month and a half, a month later. And then uh, as soon as she got off the plane, I was like, oh, that's it. She's the one. He had a he had a Jeff moment. <laughs> I did. I did. Now I did. She was getting off the plane, and I had two people waiting with the sign with her email address on it. Again, going way back to Hotmail that account. That's so funny. And so I just had to. So I ha I waited around the corner because I I don't have the ability to hide what I think on my face. And so I was like, if she came out, and I was like, oh, bruh. I don't know if I was going to be able to hide it. So I had them out there and then she waited. She, she did this on purpose. She was the last person off of the plane. Look, petty, both petty. <laughs> she was the last person off the doggone plane. And she came out and I looked around the corner. I was like, Oh, I was like, Hey, 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 Hey. <laughs> he, he didn't want me to mistake the other brother holding the, uh, the sign for him. That is so funny. Exactly. So I popped on out real quick. So we, we started. It. Yeah, so we, we started dating a week. She got there June 4th. We started dating June 10th. She moved two months later, and then we got engaged on December 10th and married wow. April 14th, the following year. So less than a year from the time we first talked, got married. That's way more than you wanted for your podcast. No, I love it. I love all of it. I love hearing your story. That's funny. Me and Jeffries was a lot longer, obviously. Um, I met him in 2010 and didn't marry him until 2016. He took his time. <laughs> you know just like fine wine i just had to met the oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> the words he thinks he's so smooth anyway <laughs> you can ask your question if, um, if you were real smooth your first conversation nori would have been like i'm gonna marry him but you want to know something funny six months after we had started talking my mom was talking to one of her friends and she goes oh yeah i think she's met the one and i remember looking at her like i've only known this man for six months what are you talking about when i first met jeffrey i was like he's a cool friend but i don't know about anything more than that <laughs> see i knew that i had to get all the people around her so that she would be like well they can't all be wrong you know <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yeah that's cool that's that's a really 
uh, interesting, like, because I don't think I realized that you were on the opposite side of the country from one oh, another. Yeah. Because oh, that, yeah. that in itself is, like, so, because I'm a person who, like, I'm so rooted, like, in, like, Connecticut, like, with my family and stuff, that, like, I couldn't even see myself, like, uprooting, like, to go, you know, across, and I constantly see, you know, people, like, you know, you know within our churches that, like, will jump across, like, you know, sometimes country lines, and yeah. that's so interesting, like, so, the big move was for you then, Tim. It you was came. for me, but I was used to moving. I moved from Boston. Oh, you moved to LA? Yeah, I moved to LA. Yeah, Tim Wait, didn't so move. How did, how did you guys end up back on this side? Oh, so we were, we were in paid ministry with the church in LA. In 2003, as our church uh, was maturing, we got laid off. And then... Uh, we so when then we moved to Orlando. Well, about, before we got laid off, I actually taught in the inner city for a little bit. Oh, I taught oh, in the inner city. She, yeah, she taught and uh, anyway, long long story short, we uh, we ended up in Orlando um, to be closer to her family, and she got a job there, and so we were planning to put roots there in Orlando, and then after we were there two and a half years, uh, we got a call to come back and pay ministry here in Connecticut which was that's literally 14 and a half years ago so oh, wow. uh, so actually this year will be 15 years since we've been here yeah oh wow that's cool sorry Didn't I, think I would ever be back in new england <laughs> <laughs> i'd never wanted to stay here but here i am <laughs> lucky you oh, love. Um, the one of the questions because your love has spanned over decades now so how oh, has oh. the <laughs> that's a good thing a beautiful thing that is amazing to be able to have that enrichment you know so so how like from the time like because i i think our brain works in such interesting like facets so before she got off the plane before you talked to each other versus dating engaged married children how has love evolved like throughout that time throughout like all that experience together and, and before to now, how has it changed in what ways? Mm, that's a great question. That's a fantastic question. I definitely feel like I love my husband more now than when I first met him and married him. Uh, I think it is the going through life together and realizing that you are really down for each other. You mm. know, that uh, just the investment in friendship uh, the investment and in, because there are times in in those, as you guys said, decades. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's hard to say it because uh, I only feel twenty six. But um, that's what matters. Yes, that's what matters. <laughs> but I think it's you know going through the loss of a child, going through trying to have a child, not able to have children for a while, going through just job changes and. Uh, surgeries and, you know, loss of family, having our children and raising them, you know, I think it just, you, you grow more in love because you get to know each other hmm. more. And I think that's, that's a short um, explanation for me, but it's just, you, you know, you, you just really love the person more because you know them. I didn't know Tim when I married Tim. Right. You know, just a small glimpse of who he was, but living with him, seeing how he deals with struggles, uh, dealing with 
you know, just good and bad habits and mm. lo- now putting love into practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's a great, actually, that's a great way to put it. I would say for me, uh, if I were like, if it were a movie, I would, uh, I would have started in our, uh, the, at our second year of marriage. And when my, when Sam was ready to, or trying to figure out a way to leave me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and w- we were, in, oh, we, again, we work for the church and both of us, it's very well possible that both of us had prayers that we'd be fine if the other one died. <laughs> now we didn't pray that in front of each other, but we both have prayed. Oh we both that's have real. Prayed that's that. real. And so if I were to start there, that's where I'd start the movie. Like I, I would start the movie with me praying like, God, you could take her. I'm good. Like <laughs> that's where I would start. And it's in, it, in, the reality is uh, similar to again. If you're if this is to a faith community, if it's a gen, a general podcast, we're we're Christians, and so uh, you know uh, our relationship is based on our faith in, in in large part. And so you learn as you go, you evolve, you grow, uh, and it's it's challenging. I think you don't um, you. Like, well, like you, we did not understand. We we thought we we thought we loved each other, mm-hmm. but we did not love each other until we started going through hard times. Uh, we did not we did not start practicing love until we got married, uh, because we were both so different and our relationship was so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because of the context of our 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 jobs and the context or the culture of our the church where we were uh, at the time. It was so fast, and when Sam said we didn't know each other, uh, we knew, we knew the important things. Like right. we knew, we knew the things, like the character, like oh, like I trust, like we had trust, uh, all those things. But the the things, like you said, the the habits. I didn't understand how important family was. My wife is from the Caribbean. Uh, I didn't understand the depth of her culture at all. Right. Uh, I don't think she understood how American I am. Oh Lord, it is an intercultural relationship. For real. <laughs> like, it, it's no joke. For, I believe for, it. For years, I said we were interracial. We had an interracial relationship. <laughs> My wife didn't like that, but we, our cultures are so different, and we, and in our own ways, we were both raised privileged, and mm. so, uh. So it had an impact. We're both kind of like only children, also. And so that Tim so, is a youngest child, but uh, he is so far youngest that he's like an only I'm like an only child. Oh, wow. uh, and so there's so much, you know, uh, if I can just real quick, Jeff, I know I don't know what go along, but we I got sick. I had a bad fever. Uh, this is as an example. I had a really bad fever and I was sick and I was on the couch at our house and, in Los Angeles in, in Los Angeles. And I went. I was in the room. She was. She was in. The, she was in the house or the apartment. Mm-hmm. I went and grabbed uh, Gatorade from Seven Eleven, around the corner. Around the corner, and I came back and I'm laying on the couch and I'm, you know. And she goes, "Why didn't you ask me to get it?" I'm like, "Why am I gonna ask you to get it? I can just go get it." We were, I was just so. I was just so independent that I was like, "I'm not gonna. I can do it." 
you know, yeah. any case. I will say he has no problem now asking me to walk down the stairs. Wait, I'm sorry. Walk into the living room to hand a remote. <laughs> ah, so, I'm trained. I'm trained. We're um, interdependent. I think he has grown tremendously. Amen. I'm trying to grow in that area. I try to yeah. practice once in a while, too, and actually get me stuff. <laughs> so funny. I don't mind. I think that's really cool, though. I think something that you guys said that's really important is, like, that growing in the interdependence, I think mm. that that's something that it's difficult to teach people. Like you can't really teach someone that it's something you have to experience. Yeah. And I definitely think it's important because I feel like a lot of times it's when I see my friends or even when we go through different issues, it's because we're just trying to do things ourselves instead mm. of trying to rely on each other's strengths and weaknesses. And so mm. my question is, if you can, how would you explain that to somebody? How could you teach that to somebody? Huh. Teaching interdependence, wow. Uh, well, I, I guess based off of my purse, our, our personal marital experience, um, I would say that there becomes, there, there, there can be a space where, and I don't know if I'm, communi if I am communicating this accurately, but there doesn't need to be like a, a line of demarcation where one starts and one begin, one ends and the other begins. It needs to flow into each other. Mm. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it, it, it really starts, part of it is not just the love, right? The, the love is layered because when you come in, you have love, right. you do. But it, it is- A level. It, yes, it's a level of love, but it's the friendship it's the work of the friendship that gets you into the interrelational part, right? right. That, that relying on each other because it, it, it there's a level of trust that you develop through relationship, through friendship, not through the romantic part. Right. Honestly, because there are times in our marriage and, and I, I don't listen, if people tell me they're married and they've never thought this, as you can hear, Tim and I definitely felt like we're in this for life. So if something happened, um, you know, if God needs to take one, that's what we, way back when, yeah. not anymore. I definitely am not praying that anymore. But in that, uh, as you're developing that interrelational, that friendship, that being able to uh, almost not take everything so personally, mm -hmm. but also allowing each other to have relationships outside of each other that you can bring that comes back to each other and right. what I mean by that having healthy Tim having healthy male relationships myself having healthy female relationships that there can be a part-time that I am not dependent upon him for right. everything for my emotional needs my friendship needs my romantic needs it just you cannot sustain that yeah. right um, I don't know if that answers the question. No, I think what, what Sam is saying, the strength of, if I can, the, mm -hmm. the strength of uh, what what helps you become more interdependent is are, are some of your outside relationships where you are able to uh, vent and bounce things off of each other. So when you come back together, uh, you're able to come back kind of in your right mind, if that makes right. sense. And so the the distance, in some ways, some level of distance helps helps your interdependence grow more. And the Bible, again, back to the faith thing, the Bible talks about marriages becoming one. Right. And the whole, the whole thing is over time, 
uh, as you grow in depth of love and respect uh, for one another, it's no longer, oh, that's Tim. It's no, it's, it's Tim and Sam. It's right. Jeff and Maury. It's you become one. I, and I, when you asked that question, I thought about uh, like my grandparents were married forever. And my, my grandmother died in February of, of whatever, 1998. My grandfather died in November of 1998. Wow. They were so, and you've, you've heard this story, right? Mm -hmm. Where couples, uh, one doesn't last much longer after the other. And I believe because over time they're so connected, uh, that healthy relationship, they're so connected that when one dies, the other part is there's a lack of will to live to a degree. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to say, adding to that about the out, the relationships that help foster that those outer relationships that those also have to be relationships that both of you trust. Yeah. Yes. And, and that, uh, those are relationships where even inventing and Tim and I believe this very strongly, I don't think there's anyone who can ever say I speak badly about my husband, not in that my friends I do too. Not, and the same thing with him. I can vent, but even in the venting, there's a measure of, of respect and love and all of that. And then I can also trust and respect the person and know that they, I can trust his heart with them. Right. Because if, the, if that's not there, then it complicates it. And actually it's unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's something that I try to practice in our marriage. Like anytime that we're having an issue, I never make the issue about Jeffrey. I try to focus on the issue. So if I'm talking to even him or a friend about it, I'm not like, he's like this or he's like, I tried. I was actually telling one of my friends this recently is anytime that I speak about him, I try to speak about him in a positive light, even if it is an issue within our marriage. I'm like, Jeffrey's great, but this is what's happening. Yeah. And yeah. I need help, you know? And it's so, I, I really, I like that advice. I think that that's something that I've cling to in the last five years. And I think that that helps us to be able to deal with problems without them taking over everything else. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. 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 And uh, definitely like the idea of like the relationships and the friendships that we have, like, being quality, we see the benefit, like immediate benefit. Like I come home um, after uh, maybe like a long stint of like uh, depression or like just like not planning well or whatever the case may be and not mm -hmm. connected. And I can go into, you know, the mindset kind of like of like, oh, I got this um, and I'm fine. And like I go into this autopilot state that is a less quality Jeff than <laughs> the Jeff that Narisha deserves. And she recognizes it. I do not. And then she'll be like, oh, maybe you should make some time, da, da, da. And then I finally do. And I come back refreshed and like feeling more in love with her and just feeling more encouraged. And she's like, you should plan another time. That was great. I'm glad you got that. You know, and you, you see the difference. At first, when she says that, uh, of course, immediately, I'm like, what does she mean? I'm like, oh, nah, I can tell. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a better person at this moment. <laughs> and, and, and that definitely, yeah, speaks volume like to just understanding the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say um, is the scripture that you guys have clinged to in your marriage or if you have multiple even? Because as you said, so this is also a Christian podcast, Tim. I know you weren't sure, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tim is going to have to give me the verse, but it's those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Hmm. Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous man uh, will pro a uh, generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. 
say NIV. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, honestly, the reason why I remember because Tim used to say it all the time, but over time when when it was time for uh some intimacy i'm like <laughs> she who refreshes others, herself be refreshed. He, <laughs> no idea but <laughs> that is not what it means for me <laughs> <laughs> i i just think i have really learned that what i want for my husband i want to provide hmm. it, it just makes a difference if i want peace i need to provide peace yeah if I want respect, I need to also give respect. Um, I just, and you know, Tim says this, but it's so true. It's like, I see him as God's son mm -hmm. and he sees me as God's daughter and how we treat each other is, is, is incredibly important. But mm -hmm. it's, if I, I want him to be refreshed because it actually makes my life easier. And there's a level yeah. of you know, you know, there's a level of selfishness in it, but what human being doesn't have a level of selfishness in them, you know? So yes, I'm going to do good by him so I can get good done by me. That's right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. The, for, for myself, it's, I think it's first Peter three and it's uh, husbands be considerate with your wives so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And the, the whole concept of, you know, hindering prayers and all that, amen for that. But the for me, in our vows that we keep on above our bed, uh, one of the things for me was I wrote, I had written in there about viewing Sam as God's daughter. And that's a big deal for me because, you know, similar to God not hearing your prayers, you're not considerate with, his, with your wife, meaning you're not considerate with his daughter. Mm. I know if I had a daughter, I've got sons, but if I had a daughter and some dude was disrespected my daughter, we're going to have a problem. And uh, similarly, if a woman was disrespecting my son, I would, I'm going to have a problem with her. And those things I believe come from God. Those, those feelings that, right. that, that rage that, that comes from God. Um, and so like Sam, I, I literally can, there, there are two times I've raised my voice at Sam in our marriage, and it was uh, 2015, uh, uh, April 2015. We were moving into our house, and she she barely even remembered. Uh, but I anyway, it was just stressful time, and she wanted something or whatever. And I raised my voice, and she was like, "She, I had never done it before." Uh, and then a week later. I had raised my voice at her again, just so, so she would get comfortable with that. <laughs> Terrible. No, but no, because my, my thing is, no, my thing is, and, and the reason I point that out is that uh, it was something that I had, I felt very strongly about, deeply about with God. Uh, that's why there's never been any cussing or oh, name yeah. calling. No, yeah, because that's, I'm like, I'm not going to treat God's daughter that way because I don't want him to, uh, it, it's about me and God. It's not about Sam and I, and I wouldn't treat, honestly, I wouldn't treat anybody else that way. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things we talk about, if I, anyway, I don't want to get away from your scripture question, but one of the things we do when we help married uh, couples get married, we do their premarital coaching counseling, right. whatever is, uh, in conflict resolution, we say, the way you would treat a stranger within the fellowship, that's the floor of how you treat your spouse. And I would never raise my voice to somebody in fellowship or uh, call them a name or something like that. So if I wouldn't do it with them, I'm never going to do that with my wife. Right. So, anyway. I love that. 
And we did have a rule too, Nori. I know we're in the scripture part, but in that rule about considering each other and refreshing each other, the one word that we never use and we have never used in our marriage, not not to joke about it, not we consider the F word is divorce. We do mm. not that word is not allowed in our home. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. I tell him all the time, the only way he's getting out of this is if he dies. We're stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, now we would use the D word death, but we never use divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to get out that's why <laughs> yeah that it's interesting even that that time that uh you spoke about like uh the two-year mark for us it was throughout the one-year mark for Oof. us where it was i was like what rough. did i do but but, but to, <laughs> like it's kind of like it was kind of like to your point it was like a point that was not spoken but you spoke about like you and tim and how like with the love throughout time and how it's grown and you, you marked stressful events and like happy events and just all these things and and so the the point like unspoken is essentially that like in those moments like you have a choice you have a choice to either grow together grow closer or to grow more distant Mm. um and unstable and and it's i i one of the things i like to think of is kind of like a cup so sure during the happy times the beginning the honeymoon phase you fill up your cup with love but then as soon as a stressful event happens, it's kind of like, okay, now the marriage has changed and now it's a bigger cup and you pour what you had in and it doesn't feel like as much love and you need to feel it more now because it takes more work to get through this stressful time. But once you feel it, it's going to be amazing. Or you end up not doing that and you just end up possibly pouring it out or leaving it as is and that cup is getting bigger only with more stressful things and people look back at it and say oh there's never been love in this marriage and it's like no there is it's just you haven't filled it in a long time Mm. through these moments you know and and we luckily got to a place where I want to say the pivotal changing point was one day we looked at each other (laughs) and we were like this sucks and she was like yeah this sucks (laughs) and she was like you want to watch a movie? I said, <laughs> sure. And we watched the movie together, like just acknowledging, knowing like, yeah, we, we're not delusional. We both know this is really hard. This is yeah. rough. Yes. And from there, like it just, we we chose to grow together and we've been best friends, like, yeah. you know, like since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell, I tell people if I can, I tell people that marriage in my mind, marriage is either heaven or hell. You got to choose which one it is. Uh, it, it's one or the other because, man, if you are there's no purgatory. No, there's <laughs> <laughs> heaven or hell, and you know, um, because you, like you said, you look around, you're like, "Yo, this sucks." Like, what is what is this? Uh, and then you have to make a decision. Like, oh, I'm probably because we're not doing it the way God designed it. The way God mm. designed it ain't perfect. But man, the the alternative. So right. anyway, no, I like that. that. So my next question for you guys is: uh, We have a lot of new people getting married in our church. A lot of new relationships. You know, a lot of new engagements. What would you say is the best advice to give them going into marriage in this new stage of life? Woo! Oh, I I got bullet points. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Do it. You want to start? You want me to start? Um, I, I can start because you probably have more to say. Um, Dang. She, <laughs> just, she just told me I talk too much. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, 
I think one of the initial things I would say is to plan for a marriage, not a wedding. Mm. You know, the wedding's one, it's one day. The marriage is a lot, you know, that's your lifetime. Right. Uh, I do think another uh, important uh, thing I would say is they have to remove the ideal of marriage and, and understand that they are two very real people who are going to face life together. And this isn't, marriage isn't a utopia. Yeah. In fact, it gets harder. And I say that in a sense of, I'm an emotional runner. Um, so I don't, if I can physically run, I would, but you know, uh, I haven't been able to physically run since I've been married. This is one, that's why it was so hard to, you know, leave, but uh, I can emotionally isolate, emotionally run. And so in a, in a marriage, if you're an emotional runner, it can feel like a prison mm. uh, because you can't, you know, if you are committed and you are taking it to the, look, till death to his part, you can't go anywhere. Right. So I think for people to honestly take the time to know who they are, how they attach so that in marriage, they're not turning on each other and, you know, just <laughs> tearing mm. each other down. Mm. Right. It, it really doing their inner work before marriage is it gives you such an amazing head start mm. yeah so those would be my i think my two pieces of oh i meant she took my first one which was uh you know prepare for the marriage that was the best advice i got before we got married but it, and it's similar to being baptized like if if you think the culmination of your faith is your baptism you got, you got problems. Yeah. Uh, it's really the life after. And so marriage is your baptism day. Uh, but the, the things that I would say for, for people getting married, uh, or engaged, um, a, a, a couple of things, one, uh, both of y'all are weird. Uh, <laughs> you just, you just don't know it yet. And I think understanding that there, and the, the reality is all people are weird. Yeah. Uh, and so, and what, what I mean by that is we're unique. And, and so the, when I, when we do counseling for people, I explain, I say, look, you've got to understand you're different, acknowledge you're different. You've got to respect, or I'm sorry, acknowledge, appreciate that you're different, respect that you're different. And then maybe you'll understand the differences. If you, if you get to a place of understanding, man, God has blessed you in an amazing fashion, mm -hmm. but it's enough to acknowledge, appreciate, and respect that you're different. Um, and, you know, it, that will, will, will alleviate so many issues. My wife, she talks to her mom a few times a day. For <laughs> me, I didn't understand that. And I used to judge her. Who, who else am I going to call and say I found a sale or oh my goodness <laughs> this joke and oh look what the kid said right yeah. yeah I used to judge her on that but now I'm like oh amen that's her I, I I get it like well I don't get it but I get it for her right and she likes she likes it I love it um and so so there's that the other part is uh the things that got you to the place that you're able to be married uh you will if you continue to do those things, they will keep you married and doing well. Mm -hmm. And again, prayer, Bible study, uh, getting input and, uh, and the humility to change. And then lastly, to persevere. If you have children, apply that. 
uh, in your marriage at year one, at year two, year five, you apply those things over and over again, and you'll, you'll be great. Um, the only way to have a healthy 21 year old, 20 year marriage is to work on a marriage for 21 years. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, that, that's, that, that literally is it. Um, and lastly, I would, the, actually two quick last things. One, mm-hmm. uh, of the last two is when you get married, the person you're marrying, you've got to make the decision now that if they never change, that's enough for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause if you marry with the expectation, like, Oh, they're going to get better. You at, marry a project. Don't marry a project. Don't marry a project. <laughs> marry a person. And so yeah, that's real. <laughs> you, you've got to be fine. If they never change, I love this person. Uh, and so in the last one with that is uh, just remember why you got married. If there's yeah. a way that you can remember why um, it will, uh, and that's your anchor, it'll take you back to the hard time. Sam mentioned we, it took us uh, a while to have children. We, uh, and then we had a son that we miscarried. Um, we have had health issues to varying degrees, you know, nothing serious, serious, but we've had health issues. Uh, I've lost my parents. Uh, she's Sam has lost someone very close to her. Um, we have, uh, got lost jobs, got new jobs. We've lived in, uh, three different States now. Um, and you know, we've had money and we've been broke, (laughs) but here we are. And it's, it's awesome. I, you know, yeah. So that, that's all in there. I love that. I, I like the fact that, cause I was going to ask you like how you felt like loss and we we're going to wrap up soon, but I wanted to ask you how like loss. And I know that you had talked about, you know, you lost a child and you had miscarriages. We've actually also had two miscarriages. Um, and so I was actually going to ask you like how you guys were able to work through those losses and work through those hard times in order to make sure that you stayed close and that you were emotionally connected. Cause I know for me and Jeffrey, like I'm the super emotional one and he's also emotional, but he'll like push it down and like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me. And it's difficult for him to articulate it. And so I go through these big waves of emotions and I'm like, why aren't you feeling this? You know, like, what are you feeling? So I just wanted, that was my last question was like, how do you guys work through those times? That's a fantastic question. Uh, but I'll, I'll start with, um, for context, both of us battle depression. Mm, so uh, do we. Okay. We both battle depression, uh, and it manifests itself differently. We're, we're high functioning depressives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so I, I, I'm trying to think of how we manage. I think, we grieve differently. Uh, we grieve differently, but I would say when we lost our child together, it was so shocking because we, we, we didn't, we found out we were pregnant and then like, literally we uh, weren't trying, we weren't trying. Same. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like literally a few weeks later, um, we, you know, we went we and did the ultrasound and they were like, there was no heartbeat. And I think Sam felt that right away, 
while we were there, she cried. And I internalized it. And I remember I was giving a, a, a sister right home who was watching our, our son. And we were driving and I just started driving fast. Mm. And I just like, it was just coming out in anger. And I was just driving fast and uh, gripping the steering wheel. And, and so the individually, I think Sam, you know, again, there, we've learned to grieve together. I think probably when my mom died, that was the first time, like li literally we grieved together, we cried together. Um, normally it's one or the other, like Sam is, yeah. is crying and I'm the strong one, or I'm having some kind of meltdown and, uh, you know, and Sam is like, you know, Sam is the strong one. And I think, cause we don't want to, uh, uh, like, we're like, somebody gotta, somebody gotta stay strong. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, we can't both be out here crazy. Uh, or we both can't be out here, you know, falling apart. So we, we take turns, but I would say we, we, I don't know if in that instance, we grieve together. We experienced it together. together. No, if we grieve together, I think now we've learned that was literally eight years later, uh, God got us to a place where we could actually grieve together. So, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I don't think, I think, uh, being from the West Indies, uh, losing, you know, losing my child is kind of family's like, okay, it'll be fine. You just move on. And so I don't really think I understood the importance of grieving. I, I actually have grieved. I found myself grieving, uh, the loss a lot more. I, when I lost, I lost my aunt, uh, in 2020 and that was incredibly painful, but, um, those losses merged for me. Mm. Um, and so it was very, very deep. And so the, the, the grief lasted a longer time. Um, losing my mother-in-law again, he says, I talk to my mom two, three times a day. I talked to my mother-in-law two, three times a day. Mm. So I was, you know, she was a second mom to oh, me. Yeah, my mom, yeah. And so I think over time, those losses merged for me, um, with our, I, I think Tim is correct. I think with the loss of his mom, we were able to mourn together yeah. and really yeah. process that together. I think part of it was because it was outside of us, but it affected, it, it, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, that that was, I think, the first time where we, we grieved in a healthy way together. Right. Uh, I, I think with the loss of our child, uh, Tim became more cautious and his grieving process, and I don't think he even realized it, it was just a lot more cautious. So it created bonding happened later with our, sec uh, with our second, well, our yeah. third. Um, it definitely happened later for them because there was a cautiousness and a fear yeah. the whole time. And then I had an over, I had more anxiety. So I had an overcompensating mm. for, for yeah. a third. And so I would say that's how we both process that. Uh, it was neither healthy nor it, it was just what it was for us during that time. And I recognized what was happening. I don't, I didn't have the tools and I don't think I had the environment mm -hmm. where because of the position we were both in working, we work in the ministry. Uh, I think people just assume that you're okay and you're a very strong mm -hmm. Christian and you'll get through it. 
Um, but I was dying inside and very anxious and afraid. And I think it increased my anxiety even more. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, and again, I think we were just always looking at each other, making sure each other, like Tim is correct. Each other is okay. Right. Um, and we were both able to fall apart with his mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That weren't really able to do that. Cause I think there was a need to make sure. We, yeah. We had a young, uh, our our son was two years two and two, a half yeah two yeah he was yeah he was just two at the time july oh, yeah. okay. he was just two and so i think there's part of that you know um but there's a fantastic question because honestly i don't know if we even thought have thought about it i i have i've thought about because I, I went through therapy uh recently because of dealing with childhood trauma yeah and so those and that's why i was able to put a i really see the progression of right, how he right. dealt with how i um, and it just, it just is, it, and it does, there's a sadness in it because you realize, whoa, I didn't fully grieve. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's something that I missed in that, but I'm just grateful that I've had opportunity to process it. Right. Through the years. I am much more aware of it now, uh, much more, um, I speak it more where right. I didn't before. Yeah. And, and we give each other room. I would say that's, we give each other space to, to grieve in our ways and, and to deal with our stuff, even our depression. Like last week was rough. Uh, this weekend, it's rough for Sam. So yeah. we give each other space to, and we understand like there's no fixing. There's just Yes, no fixing. <laughs> we're, we're right. just, we're just, we just need to be together. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the poem called The Invitation. It's by Orion Mountain Dreamer. No. It's an amazing, amazing poem. But there's one part of it that says, I don't, uh, you know, she's very, you know, yeah, spiritually, you know, all the. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. And so she says, I don't care what planet squares your moon. I want to know if you can sit in your pain and mm. not move to fix it. And it just, that line, I, I got that, that poem. I learned about it in college and I've never, it's just, it is a poem that's always sat with me. Yeah. Um, and in my moments of grief, honestly, it's a poem I go back to over and over again because it's so meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, that's the end. I'm so grateful that we got to talk with you guys. I honestly, I could keep going. I have more questions, but I promised you 30 to 45 minutes. So you can do a, if you want to do a bonus section, you, you have a couple minutes. If you want to ask another question or it's fine. whatever, you can. No, no, no. What I'll do is another time we'll get together. We're going to do this again because okay. I would just keep having more questions. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> I could literally do this all day. Thank you. <laughs> but I really appreciate learning from you guys and hearing your story and just hearing your wisdom. I think that everything that you shared is stuff that we can utilize in our marriage, that our listeners can utilize. And I just, yeah, I just love learning from you guys and getting to know you even better. Cause I know we've talked in passing and seen each other and been around each other, but I've never actually had yeah. to have got to have a deep conversation with you guys. So I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. I know you had a long weekend and <laughs> I'm just so glad good. you guys were able to join us. Yeah, no, Great. it's been a joy. Thank you uh, for including us. Yep. Thanks for right. asking. Yes. <laughs> and you do, you've got a great podcast voice. Your husband, I can't speak to. But... <laughs> Thank you. You know, you know. <laughs> he, wait, he has grown, grown. He is, uh, let me just say this if I can. Yeah. Uh, 
like you guys are really, and if you're listening, uh, they really are who, how they sound. They are joy and Jeff has just matured. Uh, <laughs> me, it's amazing to see where he came from. He's a grown man. He grown, he grown, grown. <laughs> anyway, but I, we love you. Thank you for having us. Of course, we love you guys too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Discovering Me. I hope that you are inspired and spurred on toward a deeper connection with God. If you're looking for a church in the Southern Connecticut area, search Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. And don't forget, tune in next Monday for a new episode. And always remember to faithfully pursue a life of passion.